Hey everyone, and welcome to the wrap up live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post game show. Um, it's funny though because technically we're not at the post game yet, but myself and Oren, our co host of the show, felt it was necessary to kind of start the post game show a little bit early. It is the final game of the season 82 out of 82. The Raptors are currently, literally, as we speak, um, facing the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and yeah, as per usual, we're here to recap and dissect, talk, talk, and have fun uh, about the latest Raptors game you just watched. Uh, and tonight, normally this is where I say tonight your Raptors defeated uh, said team or were defeated by said team. Um, but they are currently defeating the Milwaukee Bucks 118 to 103 with a couple minutes left in the game. Um, Oren, this season has flew by. I remember when um, we did the first game. Uh, 82 games later, we are here. Uh, the Raptors look like they're going to finish the season at 541 wins, 41 losses, which is, I mean, it's not horrible considering the roller coaster they've been on this season. Um, they finish also with an impressive 27 and 14 record at home as well. Um, I guess before we get into the yeah. Bucks and what we've seen so far into the game, um, what have you seen overall this season? What have you observed? What are you looking forward to? What worries you heading into the offseason? The Raptors do have a play-in game on Wednesday versus Chicago, and we will preview that in this show as well. But, Oren, just give us your macro view of the Raptors' season thus far. Um, yeah, I can't really, like, be optimistic about it in any way. Like, even what you said, 41-41 doesn't sound that bad. The home record is pretty impressive, but... I'm just so disappointed in this team. I think their talent is so much above a 500 record. They can't use the injury excuse that we've seen them use in the past. Like last season, they had a ton of injuries. They have been healthy for like a long stretch these past couple months and just not been able to put anything sustainable together. I was just saying to you off air that like they just went in to Boston back-to-back -back sets, which this season almost is always a 1-1 draw. It's very rare that a team wins both of those back-to-backs. Boston played half their team in each of the games, like Jalen Brown played in one, Tatum played in the other, and right. the Raptors lose both with their fully healthy team. And and Atlanta loses, which meant that the Raptors, if they won even one of those games, could have actually been the eighth seed and had two opportunities in the play-in tournament instead of one. So just disappointing all the way through for me, especially this last week in Boston. Um, because it's it's really hard to win two play-in games and one of them is going to be on the road. Like They just put themselves in such a terrible situation. And even if they win the two play-in games, this is the worst part. You play the Bucks in the first round, which is a, the best team in the league, I think everyone yeah. agrees or consensus sure. says. So uh, it's a disappointing season for me. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just about on the same page. Like you said, 41-41. Um, surface level looks pretty good considering everything the Raptors have been through the season, the injuries, just everything, the, the turmoil that we've all assumed to be happening behind the scenes, uh, the trade deadline, everything that happened then before the trade deadline when everyone was panicking. Um, yeah. Jakob Pertl being acquired in this team mid season. Um, like I said, guys going down, even in the second half of the season, Gary Trent jr. Um, and guys are sitting in this game that we're currently watching, as of now, I think there's about 30 seconds left in the game. Um, Raptors are currently up 121-105 on the Milwaukee Bucks. And Milwaukee themselves, they have everything locked up as well, Oren. Um, mm -hmm. They wrapped up home court advantage 
um, throughout the playoffs. They finished with the best record um, for the third time. Oren, this is very impressive. Like, you got to give Milwaukee their flowers. Best record in the NBA, third time in five years. That is incredibly impressive, and I think that adds to Giannis Antetokounmpo's resume as the um, what I who I think is the best player on the planet as of now, and who's leading the best team, um, and is probably leading the favorite in the playoffs as well, even with the Suns adding Kevin Durant um, midway through the season. So, like I said, I watched the last the last Bucks game. They had the Canadian Lindell Wigginson playing. They had Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Giannis's uh, brother, playing as well, who's playing in this game as well. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't play bad in that game that I watched him. He looked confident, was jumping around. In this game particularly, there was a dunk he had on Chris Boucher that kind of just made me shiver a bit. Um, it is what it is. But um, mm-hmm. I guess overall we're looking at a game now for that's going to end the season in the final one. I mean, the game just ended, uh, again, as we speak, 121-105. Um, so the Raptors do finish off their season at 541 and 41, but yeah, I mean, this was a game where Nick Nurse had the ability to kind of just, uh, rest everybody. I mean, Pascal Siakam, um, did not play. Precious Achua started, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl, Malachi Flynn, and Gary Trent Jr. Those were the five starters. And then the bench was Chris Boucher, Ron Harper, Joe Wieskamp, Christian Coloco, Delano Banton, Will Barton, um, in this game as well. And everybody played. I mean, I think the lowest minute total for everybody that was active was Jakob Pertl <laughs> was at 11 minutes. A lot of people were even shocked that Jakob Pertl was starting in a game like this. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I know Fred Van Vliet had some lingering, I think it was a thumb injury or if I'm not mistaken. No, um, it's all lie. It's all rest. Yeah. I mean, he could have played. Head. It's rest. Uh, yeah. Who else sat? Uh, who, OG who Pascal and, and OG Fred sat. sat. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I made a joke to Oren before we went live that we were essentially watching the Raptors 905 versus the Milwaukee Herd, I think, or Wisconsin Herd, is that what they're called? The Wisconsin Herd? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what the game felt like with the pace and everything like that. But it was a great game. I mean, it's still an NBA game. We enjoyed watching it. Um, Precious, <laughs> Precious Achua um, had a great game, 14 points, 13 rebounds. He finished off quite a bit. I know, Oren, you wanted to shout out a, a very specific Raptor player who's probably been the epitome of a roller coaster this season when he's gotten a chance to play. Yeah, I don't think anyone really stood out to me today other than Malachi Flynn. Like, Precious got his points. Um, he was he was pretty good. He was probably second. Gary got 23 points, but it was mostly just, like, really easy shots on deep drop coverage and looks that I don't think he's going to get in meaningful games. Uh, the Bucks just clearly didn't really have a game plan for this one in terms of like who they were going to drop on and to what extent I know the Bucks like to drop, but not nearly that much. Gary was just getting wide open shots for the, like the first half. And that's when he did most of his scoring. Um, no one on the bench really stood out to me, but but Malachi Flynn was definitely the standout. He played 34 minutes, which is is a lot of minutes, um, but he was just like really disruptive from the start, de- defensively getting his hands on things, offensively just like settling things down and running the show as a point guard. Uh, made a couple of threes, four assists. I just thought he was the one guy that actually like took this game kind of seriously, and yeah, like his opportunities have been limited, so. It's Can good. I cut you it, off for a second? One? Yeah. Um, is this Malachi Flynn's last game as a Toronto Raptor? Mm, 
there's a very good chance it is, but I would probably bet against it just because he signed mm-hmm. next year and and it just makes sense to bring him back instead of like waving him. Mm-hmm. So I would say no, but there's definitely a good chance that it could be. Yeah, like you said, finishes the game with a plus 10, 20 points. I mean, this is probably what you want to see because there's no guarantee. If anything, there's there's a high likelihood that Malachi Flynn will not um, play in the Wednesday night play-in game where the Raptors will host the Chicago Bulls at Scotiabank Arena. Um, yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. It's game 82. Um, I mean, the Raptors used to be on the other side of this where Milwaukee was uh, years prior, where they would be the first, second, or third seed locked up. Um, and they <laughs> the would good be old resting guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the yeah. Good old days. They'd be resting guys. But now it's the opposite, where they are locked into a home playing uh, exhibition game with the Bulls, and they felt like they didn't really need to play their, their stars in this one. They might as well rest guys like Fred and Pascal um, and OG as well. And by the way, really cool stat, Oren. OG Ananobi, for the first time in his career, finishes his NBA season leading the league in steals. Total steals, 128, I think it was. Um, yep. Which and is super steals cool. per game. And steals per game as well. So, 1.9, I, mean, ho- I think. Hopefully, he, he's the first Raptor to ever lead the league in steals, mm-hmm. win the steals title. Uh, shout out to OG. Were you going to say something else on OG? I was going to say um, you would hope that this kind of season would just lead and result in an all NBA defensive nod for him. So for sure, um, he it is what that, it is. Yeah. It's a tight, um, it's a tight group. It's going to be hard, but I do think he mm-hmm. deserves to be on a defensive team. Uh, he, he just came out this season with a different mentality on that end. And the steals are one thing, but you just watch this team and he locks up the best player on the opposing team every night. So, He's yeah, a pretty absolutely. special defender. Also, shout out to Pascal Siakam. I tweeted this. He he became the first player since LeBron James in 2016 to 2018 to lead the league in minutes per game two seasons in a row. So wow. Pascal has now led the league this season and last season in minutes per game, right around 37. Wow. It's a ton of minutes, ton of wear on his body. Um and I know that it's like seen in a negative light by a lot of Raptors fans, how much him and Fred play specifically. But considering we don't really need them fresh for like a long playoff run, if we're really being honest, like this season it isn't one where you can be like, man, I wish they played less so that their legs would be better in the playoffs. It's like, no, none of us expect them to go far in the playoffs. So I just think it's cool that Pascal is like, Considering where he's came from and his story, the fact that he led the league in, in minutes two years in a row is is a pretty crazy thing. Like you have to be a top tier player to lead the league in minutes, right? Like the mm-hmm. look down the list, it's James Harden, it's LeBron James, it's those guys. So it's cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, I guess that was our overarching overview of thoughts on the Raptors season. Like I said, they finished the season 41 and 41, 27 and 14 at home, which means an opposite record of 14 and 27 away from home. Um, first time, or sorry, second time in franchise's 28 year history uh, that the Raptors finished with the record of 41 and 41. The last time, Oren, this is Raptors trivia, really quick Raptors trivia. When was the last time the Raptors had a 41 and 41 record? Last time Raptors had 41 and 41 record. Wow. Okay. They were good for 
I love putting you on the spot. This is like 2000 and I feel like it was a while ago. 2006, seven. Close, extremely close. So that was the yeah. year they drafted Bernani, if I if I remember correctly. It was the year after, 2007, 2008. Um, they finished with a 41 and 41 record. So, um, mm. yeah, take it as you will, Raptors fans. Dark it is what days. it is. Dark um, days, yeah. We're going to move on to the second portion of our live show, which is the play-in preview versus the Chicago Bulls. Now, um, like I said, today is Sunday. If you're listening to this the next day, it's Monday. But the Chicago Bulls playing the Raptors Wednesday, and this is a two-part. This is a this is a double exhibition game to just to get into the playoffs. Warren, they got to play in Toronto against Chicago on Wednesday, and then Friday they go on the road to face. Is it the loser of the at, Miami would, Atlanta? Yes, yes, the loser of the Miami Atlanta game. So that would be a road game on Friday. Um, yep. But getting into the Bulls, Oren, I mean, just looking, you pulled up their depth chart. We're looking up and mm-hmm. down. This is a team that has, I think, a good blend of young talent, a good blend of veteran talent in DeMar DeRozan, uh, Zach Levine, Vucevic. You got guys that will get into you, guys that have the playoff experience in Alex Caruso and Patrick Beverly. Um, This is a team that, I mean, I don't know if it's a given that the Raptors, although they did finish in the ninth seed and the Chicago Bulls finish in the 10th seed, this isn't a given or in that the Raptors – walk into Toronto and just dog walk the Chicago Bulls, is it? Oh, no. I don't even know if I'm going to pick the Raptors. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Because of it's what tough. I said in Boston, like those were must-win games for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Boston, Philadelphia, this last road trip, and they laid an egg in, in real ways in those games. So it's not like I can just count on the Raptors to show up when it's necessary. Um, the Bulls, like I just pulled it up here, they have the fifth-best defensive rating in the league somehow. And it's been even better, like New Year. And you look at their depth chart; they're they're in a lot of ways. First of all, it's amazing that they have that defense, considering the depth chart. You play Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, Vucevic, three bad defenders. You don't expect to have a top five defense. So shout out to the coaching and a guy like Alex Caruso, who I think has been one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but it, it's funny they're kind of the opposite in the Raptors and like how small they play. Like, their power forward is listed as DeMar DeRozan. And that's true because they start Patrick Beverly now and Caruso and Zach Levine in the backcourt. And, like, the Raptors' shooting guard is OG Ananobi in the, mm-hmm. in the Raptors' starting lineup. So just, like, that size mismatch is pretty ridiculous. They're, the Raptors are, are really big at the wings, and the, the Bulls are really small at the wings. So I think that always stands out to me first, like, is when the Raptors play small teams, I think you have to beat them physically. You have to beat them on the boards. You have to take advantage of your post-up mismatches because there there should be a lot of them on Levine and, and DeRozan and even Beverly. And then off the bench, DeSumo and White. Like Those guys are, if you're Scotty, if you're Precious, if you're OG and you have a post-up and good positioning, you need to demand the ball. You need to go at those guys, demand double teams because... Right. I think that's just the Raptors' easiest path to consistent points in a matchup like this. So that's kind of my first thought. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I do. And I think things have changed for the Chicago Bulls um, really since the buyout deadline. Um, Guys were moving all over the place um, in the buyout market. The Raptors themselves picked up Will Barton. The Chicago Bulls picked up Patrick Beverly. And I'm going to admit it. 
and Raptors fans won't like it. And Orin, I don't know if you'll like it because I'm a fan of Patrick Beverly. I really am. I like him too. And I like him and I like his podcast. And okay. his podcast, <laughs> he delivers so many gems. So one of the things I was wondering was that, and I knew he would give this up, was that when he joined the Chicago Bulls, who else was in the race to get Patrick Beverly? And I'm sure some, um, you know, teams all across the playoff picture may be interested in him. And he said he chose between the Chicago Bulls and the Golden State Warriors, who both offered him a contract. Hmm. And he picked the Chicago Bulls. He's from Chicago. Very good childhood friends with Derrick Rose. Um, Just a city kid. Wanted to go back. Wanted to, I guess, make a playoff run with the Bulls. And now he's there. And the dynamic of that starting lineup has changed now. Because mm-hmm. previously, right, even with Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso was coming off the bench as well. They had Patrick Williams as a starter last year. Um, Patrick Williams, you could argue all day long, he probably hasn't reached the potential that the Bulls were hoping. But, I mean, he's still, I think, a productive player in a bench role. Mm-hmm. Um, but the team does look different, right? Like you said, DeMar DeRozan is, is starting at the four. Pascal Siakam will be at the four um, when they play Wednesday night. So, um, you would think at least, um, if it's not for size advantages, there will be some talent mismatches that the Raptors can take advantage of. But then also for the Bulls, playing small might be a good thing for them, right? Versus the Raptors. Um, we'll, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to the most, Orin, in this matchup is um, the individual um, man-to-man matchups that we see. Who is Patrick Beverly going to guard? Is it going to be the simple... Um, you guard the point guards, Fred Van Vliet, chase him around, do what you have to do, bother him. Or like we've seen Patrick Beverly do before, is he going to be thrown on some of the bigger guys, right, to just be a pest? Same thing with Caruso, right? Is he going to be thrown on um, some guys? Are, are the Bulls going to run a lot of switches at the top, right? Do they mind if they have Alex Caruso on a bigger guy like Scotty Barnes for one possession? Um, we'll see. This is the thing I think I'm most excited about. When, one thing that worries me, about the Bulls from their perspective is you have a lot of shooting in Zach Levine. Uh, Vucevic can stretch the floor as well. DeRozan's not really known as a floor stretcher, but he does. Yeah, they've actually been things. a bad three-point shooting team this season. Exactly. They have very similar makeup to the Raptors in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's it's. I really think like who, when, it, when push comes to shove, who's going to hit some shots for these guys, right? Like yeah. from beyond the arc. I just don't know who it's going to be, but I think they can – they're in the 10th seed for a reason. Like we're not talking about a team that's in the 15th seed. Like they've gotten over some of those humps because of ultra talented offensive players like DeMar DeRozan, who I think, I mean, just as a basketball player in terms of pure basketball talent, it's probably like top 15 in the league, right? Top 20, just as a pure basketball player. Um, But we'll see. It should be fun. DeMar DeRozan is returning home to Toronto. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, he's he's going to want to kill them, as as Alvin said on the broadcast today. He's going to want his revenge. And I do think there's something to that, like what you said about Beverly on the court. Also, he just brings them a different like energy. And I, I think mm-hmm. they will be very ready to go for this game between a guy yeah. like Beverly, DeMar, Vooch. Like, these are veteran players who have seen a lot and know what the, how to get ready for these games. So I definitely expect the Bulls to put up a fight. To your point about like matchups, the thing I'll be looking for right off the bat is is who OG gets. Does he get Levine or does he get Demar right yeah. off the bat? 
So usually they like to put Fred on Levine and OG on Damar because Fred's a good screen navigator, but he obviously gives up a lot of size against Levine. And I do think in a matchup like this, like OG is definitely the best Damar defender, but also in a matchup like this, you really don't want them to get going from three. I think if as long as the, the Bulls don't beat you from three, you're probably good. Um so it might make more sense to to have OG on Levine from the start just so he doesn't get hot in the same way because DeMar can get hot, but he's going to do his damage from the free throw line and, and from the two-point range. It's not quite the same math as Levine getting hot and killing you from three. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing who they put OG on. Um, I'm, also, right I'm also worried about the Raptors' strategy coming into this because – Naturally, you would think, okay, there's two clear-cut stars on this team in DeMarros and in Levine. Most guys, I mean, I don't want to call Vucevic just a peripheral player. Like, he's still a very good basketball player in his own right. But what I will say about, you know, those two players is that maybe Nick Nurse goes into this game saying, okay, got to, you know, do our best to slow these two down and just, I mean, we'll accept guys like Patrick Beverly shooting wide open threes sometimes. And I'm really worried that those peripheral players – are going to be the ones that destroy the Raptors. And I really, really, really don't hope it's Patrick Beverly. Because if it is, we may see a part two. You know that meme that everyone uses? Um, where when he, he jumps jumped on, on the table? That <laughs> was all timer. Oh, if he does that in Toronto, though. <laughs> yeah. Imagine he did that in yeah. Toronto. That's what that I'm saying. Be, so and we might. Like, you never know with Patrick Beverly. Yeah. The last time. No, you're right. The Bulls. They, yeah. No, no, I was going to say the last time the Bulls and the Raptors went up against each other was about a month ago. I think it was March 1st. Um, the Raptors did take that game. They got to tiebreaker versus the Bulls. Very close mm-hmm. game. I think it was 104. I'm looking at it now. 104-98. Um, was not a pretty game. At that moment, Toronto was a half game away from Atlanta. Um, you know, and they were, I think, a couple games away from the sixth spot. But... I mean, it was it was a it was a difficult game. We saw positive things from OG Ananobi, which was nice. And then we saw fourth quarter, none other than fourth quarter, Scotty come out the woodwork and just kind of kill the Bulls. Um, Scotty, I think, had four blocks in the fourth quarter, something something around those those lines. But they did take the tiebreaker, and I think Oren, the Raptors do match up well, and they have yeah. different things that they can throw at the Bulls, like you said. You know, to build off of your point with Fred Van Vliet, you throw him on Zach Levine. If that doesn't work, then you can throw another player, right? Um, mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr. is healthy again, right? Like, you, you, who knows who guards who? I would personally prefer Gary is nowhere near uh, DeMar DeRozan or uh, Zach Levine as a yeah. defender, but it is what it is. Um, I really – what's the thing I'm looking forward to most in this game? It's probably – honestly, I'm just hoping OG can have a really – a great all-around game where he can limit one of the two guys that he's stuck on, and then he can give you something offensively where um, you look back at this game and you say, we may not win that if it's not for OG and Obi. Yeah, I think OG and DeMar DeRozan will be the matchup that decides mm-hmm. the game. Um, that's just my guess. They're probably going to stick OG on him. Um, and yeah, the ball is in DeMar's hands so much that if he's uncomfortable all game because of what OG is doing, then... The Raptors, I think, have a pretty good shot. Um, the The interesting thing is that, like I mentioned, these two teams are really similar, and and what got the Bulls rolling is their defense. And so, like, they're a really good defensive rebounding team, and they turn teams over a ton, just like the Raptors. So, 
the Raptors have to score efficiently in that regard. Like they usually game the possession game, right? And they get like mm-hmm. 10, 20 more possessions yeah. than the other team. And even though they shoot a bad po- percentage, they, they can win that way. But against the Bulls, I don't think you can rely on winning the percent per, uh, possession game to a big extent. You have to be careful and you have to be efficient in the opportunities that you do have. And like I said, the Bulls aren't a great three point shooting team. Neither are the Raptors, but you got to at least keep it close. And like I said, you got to take advantage of those post up mismatches and and you got to like go at the right guys on offense, not not attacking the Caruso, but maybe getting Vooch involved, which the Raptors have done a lot. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a, those little things because I don't think you can count on the Raptors to get 10 steals and, you know, 10 offensive rebounds in this game. Yeah, no, no, I'm 100% with you. If anyone yeah, was well, wondering, by the way, Oren, mm-hmm. um, weirdly enough, I mean, the Celtics are, I think they have they defeated the Bulls. None sorry, of it matters. The, the teams are all resting their players because they're, they're already all set, but, settled. But Oren, in. Peyton yeah. Pritchard has 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. That's all I just wanted to say really yeah. quick. It's just it's very strange. This is a very strange final day of basketball in the NBA yeah. where you're seeing role players all over the place kind of just get their um, yeah. get their plates. The, West, the Western games, which start like now, should be better because some of them actually matter. None of the Eastern games had any effect, but like minnesota and new orleans are playing in the west and whoever wins that game is going to win that seed so those games should actually like everyone's going to be playing it should be good um okay i wanted to ask you though because we talked about will barton the raptors signing from um the what is it called freaking waiver wire biomire okay so here's the raptors depth chart how deep do you think the raptors should go into the chart in the playing games like Jeff Doughton is out, by the way. He's not eligible because they didn't convert his contract. But, like, yeah, obviously the starting five we know. And then I'm wondering, like, how deep do you think they should go after that? After that, it's kind of listed as Gary, Will Barton, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, and then um, Christian Coloco. How many of those guys do you think should play? Um, I'll tell you what I think the Raptors will do, and I'll tell you what I think they should do. Um, Okay. What the Raptors likely will do is go nine deep with the five starters you see there. And then the four guys in that second unit, it shows obviously minus Jeff Down Jr. So Gary Trent Jr., Will Barr, and Chris Boucher and Precious Achua off the bench. That is very likely what they will do. I don't see Thaddeus Young playing, you know, sorry to the old timer. I don't see Malachi Flynn playing at all. I don't see Christian Coloco, the Rook, playing. Delano Banton, I don't see at all. Um, I think they go with those those four. Now, what I think they should do, and or you may not agree with this, but I honestly do think that they should go eight deep in this game with the five starters, Gary Trent Jr., Will Barton, and Chris Boucher. I don't know. I don't think Will Barton should be a part of the rotation. See, I knew you were going to go there. I think you think Chris Precious Achua should be there instead of Will. But I think think either Precious or Coloco, depending on the matchup. Like Drummond, Andre Drummond is the Bulls' backup center. My cat and is trying to jump on my chair. And um, so, yeah, I don't know who's a better matchup for that, Achua or Coloco, whatever you can see. But I just don't think mm-hmm. Barton should be in the rotation because he's not in a good rhythm. Like he had that one game where he t- hit a ton of shots, but I just don't 
trust him in a huge game like this. His defense, mm-hmm. like he's not on the string like these other guys are, considering he just hasn't played for this team very long. He takes bad shots every once in a while. I get that he's a floor spacer, but to me, he hasn't earned a spot in the playoff rotation. I, okay, I'm 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 with you for the points that you had, right? Precious Achua for me, I, I have to bring up the exact same thing. I think from the what we everything that we've seen in the second half of the season from All Star break on, nothing has told me that Nick Nurse should heavily rely on Precious Achua off the bench. Now, yeah, that's fair. With Andre Drummond coming into the game, I'm not discounting that guy. I still think pound for pound, one of the best rebounders in the league. So that's why I think mm-hmm. likely you will see Precious Achua play. Yeah, but I think yeah, makes sense from the Raptors' perspective. You could also take advantage of that Drummond mismatch on defense, right? If Chris Boucher's at the five and you have Drummond defending him, Drummond has absolutely no chance to defend the rim, right? Which gives a lot more lanes for Pascal and some of the slashers to really go, right? Mm-hmm. The reason I say Will Barton, I think, should play, and this may not be good enough for Raptors fans, but I genuinely just do think he should play simply because he brings. A ton. And when I say a ton, I mean a ton of playoff pedigree to the bench lineup. Chris Boucher has been part of this Raptors team for the last, I don't know how many years, four or five, six years. He's been there, right? Mm -hmm. Has he been part of that playoff rotation consistently in those years? Absolutely not. Gary Trent Jr. He was with Portland before this. He's been in the playoffs. He's been in the bubble. He's guarding LeBron. He's doing all that other stuff. So he has a little bit of pedigree himself. Preston Chua, not so much. Um... And then the five guys, of course, that are starting, um, maybe save for Scotty Barnes, uh, have a ton of, of, of playoff pedigree. So for that reason, I think Will Barton, I, I just think he's been in the league too long to allow the last month and a half as a Raptor to really plague him as a basketball player. I just don't think it's going to bother him as much. Um and I'm just really worried about the playmaking off the bench. That's that's really just what it comes down to. I'm really worried that when Fred isn't on the floor, we're just going to see a lot of your turn, my turn. All right, Gary, here you go. All right, you know, Scotty, there you go. Um, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. But I do see it from your perspective where if Drummond's out there, you're probably going to have to play either Coloco or, or Precious Achua. No, I think you're yeah, I think you're gonna have to play one of those guys. Um yeah. and I would go with Achua based on the strength matchup. He he just can match up with Drummond better. And I'm I'm different than you. Like I don't care much about pedigree as much as I care about right now who's in a good rhythm. And that's why even Gary I would have a really short leash with. Like I know a lot of people don't want to hear <laughs> that, but he has yeah. been really rough since coming back from injury. And mm-hmm. today, notwithstanding, it wasn't a real game. So, yeah, of course, if he comes in and hits some shots, you go with Gary. You need his scoring. But if Gary has a bad first half, and I'm talking bad, like he puts up like uh, he's had a lot of halves this season where or I shouldn't say this season, but over the last couple of months where it's just like zeros across the board. I even think you got to just lean on your top six, top seven harder. And I mean, it's a winner go home game. Like I want the starters playing a lot of minutes because the starting mm-hmm. group has been phenomenal since Pirtle has been acquired like. So I'm I'm starting with an eight man rotation of Gary, Precious, and Boucher, but I would even go to seven, six in the second half, like if the Raptors have to. Um because yeah, okay, we're getting some interesting news coming out of Twitter. So before we get to that real quick, let's let's make our picks for the play in game. All right, let's uh, do it. Raptors Chicago. Who who are you taking, Raptors Chicago at home in Toronto? Oh, 
I thought you were going to go first. Okay. I'll uh, take the Raptors for that game. I will. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Raptors as well. Very tentatively though. Yeah. Yeah. I think between Pascal and, and Scotty, especially it's a good matchup for those guys to score inside. Uh-huh. Like Vucevic isn't scaring them at the rim. They could body the Levines and the DeRozans of the world. Um, I think those guys will have a good game. Um, okay, other playing game: Heat Atlanta. Who are you taking there? That one's in Miami. Um, I haven't thought about I, this either, but it's I am going to take. I'm going to take Atlanta. Hmm. I, I, I'm gonna. Cannot, I get that. I'm going to take Atlanta. I am too. I, think, I am too. And I think that's going to make for an incredible Miami versus Toronto um, eighth in season. Miami. In, in Miami. Miami, not in Toronto. So Kyle Lowry's not coming home, but um, it's going to be in Miami. So yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta. I just think Trey Young just does his thing. I think it's incredible coaching, man. Quinn Snyder versus uh, Eric Spolstra, like that's an incredible coaching matchup mm-hmm. that no one's no one's really talking about, but. Um, that should be fun. I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm going to be watching that game. And like I said, and then if that happens, if that happens though, Raptors, Miami in Miami, who are you taking there? I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, me too. I I don't trust the Raptors to win two playing games in a row, even though I think they're a better team than Miami and then they match up. Well, I just, I just can't trust them to win two playing games, win or go home games in a row because they haven't proved that to me this season. I'm going to take Miami, but I mean, we're going to get cooked, Oren. If the Raptors win two, we're going to get cooked. If they win on Wednesday, we're fine. We're in the clear. But if they win on Friday as well, we are going to get cooked um, by the Raptors community. But I'm okay with it. I mean, it's one of those things, Oren, where it's like it's a win-win for us, right? I mean, either our prediction's correct or the Raptors win. So it is what it is. Um, it'll be fun, though. It'll definitely be fun. If that is the hypothetical matchup, the Raptors versus the Heat, it's always fun to watch um, the Raptors go up against Kyle Lowry. Maybe not not as much fun with the Miami Heat as a whole because it's just very rugged basketball. Um, <laughs> I like – I love much. Jimmy Butler, though. I, 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 like, I love him, too. Uh, for sure. I like watching the Heat sometimes. But, yeah, once only once in a while. I just find they it so the funny, Oren. Yeah, they do. I find yeah. it so funny that the Raptors are going to have to work so hard. And if they complete and they and they yeah. do what they have to do in those two games, they got Milwaukee, who yeah, is like the one final boss. You know yeah. 100% on the hardest difficulty of that game mode. You're not beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I no will say it's, it, it's interesting that Chris Middleton has this injury, but no, they're not beating them. But I, no, that, that has to be... Figured. I also think it's funny that they have to go through Demar and potentially Kyle Lowry <laughs> to get into the yeah. playoffs. Like it just worked yeah. out so funny. But let's uh, let's move off the play-in picks and mm-hmm. just I want to address a couple th- news items that filter out I after think... these last games. Yeah. Dwayne Casey is out as the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. He will join the front office. Does this surprise okay. you? Okay. Yes, it does. I did. I did expect him to be possibly out as coach but moving into the front office i mean 
Good for him. Yeah, it's good. Good for him. Yeah, because I mean, this 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 signal maybe the end of his coaching career. He's been coaching yes. a long time. Like people, yes, people think. think yeah, people think he's and, um, and he's been on a losing him. team for a while. So I don't think yeah. he could kind of get out of this. Had a lot of winning in Toronto, right? Yep. Moved on. Went to Detroit. Tried to fix it. Detroit didn't really give him much to work with. I do think Detroit's on the right path. But I mean, health is a huge thing. Cade Cunningham is like the the crux and the and the everything that's going to make that team go. And he's been injured, so we'll see. I mean, he's moving into the front office. Spent so many years as an, as an assistant coach. Won a championship. People forget with the Dallas Mavericks beside Rick Carlisle. Was very famous for the whole defensive crafting the defensive system to stop LeBron and Wade and all those guys. Came to Toronto, had a great um, tenure in Toronto, and then moved on to Detroit. So yeah, I expected him to be out as coach Orrin, but. Moving into the yeah. front office is not what I expected at all. I, I was ex- honestly expecting him to take maybe a year, two years, three years off. I wouldn't even be surprised um, if hypothetically he's just said, I'm done. I'm, do- I'm done. I'm going to retire as a coach. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, shout out to Dwayne Casey. You know, um, I just want to say something more. And I feel like as a whole, Dwayne Casey never really has received his flowers. And a lot of people are going to go, well, what, what does he really deserve? Um didn't get us to a championship, you know, didn't even get us to a finals. But considering everything that the Raptors have gone through prior to him arriving there and all the success they had in the regular season, the success they had in the playoffs, the great playoff series they had, just the building that um, from the, the building, the foundation, doing the whole pound the rock thing, going year by year by year, you know, people forget. That first year, was it the first year, Orin, they made the playoffs? They went up against that, that the, the Paul Pierce, Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Garnett. With that Kyle Lowry, I think he got blocked by Paul Pierce at the rim. Like, the Raptors have come a long way. And Dwayne Casey was a huge, huge part of that. People also don't give him credit for the the progression of DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, all the guys that were there from the beginning. Um, They tend to, like, give that credit to, like, whoever else. Um, So, you know, shout out to Dwayne Casey, you know, a very good, Mm -hmm. I think, um, coach in the league, a, an incredible assistant coach, and I think a good NBA head coach that maybe wasn't given a full fair shake in Detroit. But I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. So, yeah, um, good career though. Yeah. Very long good career. good career. I think he's been on a yeah. NBA bench as an assistant coach since 1984. I think. Wow. Um, I can I can double check that, but I I was just seeing that. Okay. Other news is that Stephen Silas is also out as the Rockets head coach. And in terms Damn, of you talk, uh, candidates, you talk about not having a fair him. shake. <laughs> yeah, he got screwed. Yeah, I mean, he was hired when Russ and and Harden wanted him, and then they both asked for trades that same season, so he got Ugh. screwed. But yeah, um, so in terms of who the Rockets are gonna prominent candidates in their head coaching search, Celtics coach yeah. Ime Odoka, Kenny Atkinson, who's at Golden State, Lakers old coach Frank Vogel, and. Adrian Wojnarowski says, if Raptors coach Nick Nurse becomes available, he'll be a serious consideration. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate thanks, you. Ad- thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, thanks, Nick Nurse. You you brought this upon yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't it's blame true. Adrian. Um, it's true. But okay, that's that's interesting. We kind of have heard all the rumors. I do think when Adrian Wojnarowski says that, it means more than when Heavy.com says it, but <laughs> it's not a big deal. We kind of knew all this. Um yeah. What do you have against heavy.com, man? Leave them alone. Um, no, but this is, this is uh, again, if you talk about something you expect, I expected this. 
talked about Dwayne Casey not getting a fair shake in Detroit. I mean, Steven Silas might have gotten the worst shake, one of the worst um, opportunities and just, just the most screwed up, like, it was just bad, like, from the get-go. If you talk about, honestly, the modern era of basketball, you talk about all the coaches that were just given, um, you know, SHIT, because I don't want this, you know, show to be rated explicit at the end. Um, yeah, it's tough. And that's, again, no disrespect to the players, but, I mean, he was just given nothing. And I I feel for Steven Silas, and, and I really do feel for him for this reason particularly, and has a lot to do, again, with Dwayne Casey, it's the fact that he was an assistant coach for, for 20, I think it was 20 years or 21 years. Like that is a long, long time. There's people who watch this show live or who listen to this show that aren't even 21 years old. And I mean, being an assistant coach, moving up slowly in the ranks, right. Becoming the, the, the head assistant coach beside, um, I think again, it was Rick Carlisle. If I'm not mistaken. Sorry, It was, it was 1994 that he became an assistant coach, but yeah. He, yeah, Casey? he was on Rick Carlisle's stuff, yeah. Yeah, so essentially 20 years for both of them. Um, and I think, again, they were both on Rick Carlisle's staff. I think Silas was as well. Uh, am I right? I think or? so. I think yeah. so, yeah. Wow. Forget Parallels. But... Um, yeah, I mean, got an opportunity with Houston. People were, were yelling Stephen Silas's name for years. Players were like, hey, this guy deserves a job. Got the head coaching job. And then, like you said, Westbrook and Harden kind of just abandoned the scene. He was left with a, essentially a, var, a basketball, a varsity basketball team, a, a prep team, um, and it's tough um, because now he's going to be one of those coaches that you look back on and you say, um, "Damn, like why couldn't he have the opportunity to coach Jabari Smith and Jalen Green in their fifth and sixth year rather than just kind of trying to help them grow as as humans before players, if anything?" So. Tough for Steven yeah. Silas. I think he'll get a, a good assistant coaching job somewhere. Um, I don't think because of how the Houston tenure went, he'll he'll get immediate head coaching opportunities. You named some head coaches that are probably above him on the ladder. Kenny Atkinson, Ime Udoka. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned on the show that if you can somehow, some way, contact Becky Hammond, um, tamper, do whatever you can as an NBA team, I think you're going to be in great hands. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who Houston, who Houston grabs. I mean, yeah. If I'm an assistant coach, though, Oren, I, I'm I'm begging Golden State for a job because Mike Brown, great great tenure in, in in Golden State, went to the Kings. Now he's coach of the year. He's got it getting looks, um, and now Kenny Atkinson, who I'm pretty sure is on Steve Kerr's bench, um, yeah. is getting looks as well. This this if season, I was so a coach i would not want the houston job i'm just gonna put that out oh, there. Yeah. like unless no. things turn around and they sign like harden and wemby and then all of a sudden they have this competent team but right now like there's just a disconnect like the front office is really analytical it seems and they have a bunch of young guys they don't put that much consideration it seems like into character or veteran experience it's more so about like potential with all these young guys a lot of guards and it's felt like Steven Silas wasn't like a new school coach. It felt like they mm -hmm. always were like kind of at odds. And I don't think he got a fair share, like you said, because a bunch of 18 year olds who like don't have any vets around them don't have even a good mix of like positional strengths and, and skills. And I just feel like the I basketball think, IQ just lacks on that team. Yeah. And I think that right. front office, honestly, I don't trust it. I just don't like they draft too much for me like on the analytical side mm -hmm. potential side not enough to doing with like 
intangibles. So did they I'll make a mistake? You, did they make a mistake with the Jalen Green over Evan Mobley? Definitely, huge mistake. Okay. A, a mistake you might never be able to recover from. Like unless yeah. they get lucky in this draft, that mistake was just just huge. And then this last draft, I mean, they take they take um. The tall shooter, Jabari Smith. <laughs> Jabari Smith. I know he fell to them Junior. at three, and and uh, they kind of got unlucky in that regard. But even like he he, I know he's come along as of late, but we'll see how that pick looks five years from now as well. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Houston yeah. stinks. Okay, before we get out of here, manscape.com. Um, we we have you know last regular season game. If you want to support the show, a good way to do that is through Manscaped. And if you use our promo code, the wrap up. Actually, it's wrap up R A P U P. You get twenty percent off Manscaped products and free shipping in Canada and the United States. And yeah, head head over to Manscaped.com and look at some of their products. Um, obviously, male grooming products is what they specialize in. They got some good good deals on some of these bundle packages. Platinum package right here. We got the perfect package right here. And and me and Sahal, we, we have these products. And yeah, they're all the products are great. The boxers are great. Yeah, the trimmer is great. The the oils and the lotions are great. Mm-hmm. This the bo- one right the body here. scrubber, which oh. I have. Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code wrap up R-A-P-U-P. For twenty percent off, and we will be back on Wednesday after the Raptors play the Bulls in that winner or go home playing game. Either we'll be—I don't even know what we're rooting for at this point, to be honest. <laughs> Either we'll be happy, or maybe we'll be happy even if they lose, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have you covered until this Raptors season is alive. We will uh, tonight. Just to wrap up everything that we've gone through on this show, your Raptors did defeat the Milwaukee Bucks one twenty-one to one hundred five in the final. Game of the NBA season, bringing the record to 41 wins, 41 losses, 27 and 14 at home. Um, this live show, this final live show of the regular season was brought to you by myself, Sahal Abdi, and the co-host Oren Weisfeld as well. Um, and yeah, enjoy the wrap-up right. live. Enjoy. We hope you enjoyed the season uh, as best as you possibly could. Like I said, it was, if you've ever been to Wonderland, it was like the Canadian mindbuster uh, for a roller coaster. It was just difficult. Last but not least, if you love the Raptors, and then this is going to be the last time I say this for this regular season, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor. Subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube if you haven't already. If you love the Raptors, I mean, it's just up to you, right? If you love the Raptors, subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast channel, The Rapcast. So you can search The Rapcast, R-A-P-C-A-S-T, uh, wherever you're watching or listening. Thank you guys for being with us. This is a, a fun season. Myself and Orrin were with you during the COVID season. That went to absolute hell. But guess what? Scotty Barnes was birthed from it, which is great. Last season, the Raptors were in the playoffs, I believe, as a fifth seed. Um, Lost in the first round to Philadelphia. Um, And now we're here a year later. Seems like things are going backwards a bit, but maybe they can be fixed in the offseason. A 500 season with the Raptors in the ninth seed. And the next game is the play-in game versus the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night. And then you got, if you win that, Friday night road game versus either Miami or Atlanta. That should be fun. Thank you guys for being with us this season, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts. Everybody at Wrap Up Live, I speak Mm -hmm. for myself, Oren, um, Kyle Brickman earlier in the season, Aiden Moss as well, of course, Keon Haddad, 
um, the 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 pod yeah. father himself, Zarar Siddiqui, as well. Uh, Oren, do you yeah, have any everyone who joined us on the show, shout out to everyone everybody. who joined us as a guest. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely just mostly shout out to the podcast listeners, the YouTube watchers, because this season did not how go how we planned in terms of we thought this was going to be a good Raptor season and and it would be great for the show. And obviously, as everyone knows, the desire for content went down a lot when the Raptors stunk, and there's nothing we could do about that other than just keep producing shows as often as possible. And yeah, I think we did probably like 70, 75 out of 82 games. So mm-hmm. we tried. It wasn't fun every time, but we tried. And and shout out to our listeners because, yeah, it's been fun. All right. Let's it get was absolutely fun. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a great one. Enjoy your long weekend and happy Easter to anybody celebrating. Bye.